Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Exurgat Deus Dissipentur Inimici Eius, et Fugiacio Deruntium Aface Eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. I tell you what. <clears throat> conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory. So yet another conspiracy theory has now come out to be conspiracy fact. <laughs> I love it. It's a conspiracy theory. We're not using Ukraine as a proxy. Everybody knows they're using we're using Ukraine as a proxy. But they denied it until this week. <laughs> Headline from Zero Hedge with world focused on Israel. WAPO boasts, that's the Washington Post, boasts CIA is behind brazen assassinations of Russians. Because huh. we didn't know that already. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defende nos proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diabolia sopra isidium. Imperet ili Deus, supplicas deprecamur, tu que princeps militae calestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum de trude. Amen. Cor Jesus sacratissimum, miserere nobis, mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis, beates caro lucidomo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende pacem tuum et salvierimus, 
Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Concepcio Est, in nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <laughs> so, conspiracy theory! Let's go ahead and just clock on into conspiracy theory time. First, let's hit this article. Like I said, headline, with the world focused on Israel, the Washington Post boasts the CIA is behind brazen assassinations of Russians. <clears throat> At a moment, the globe's attention is by and large completely focused on events in Gaza. The Washington Post has this week published a bombshell report which vindicates Moscow's worst fears. Up to now, any pundit daring to write that Putin's accusations that the West has for years backed a covert campaign to destabilize Russia while stoking the 2014 and after civil war in Donbass was smeared as a pro-Kremlin propagandist. But now... The D.C. establishment's premier newspaper is openly admitting that the CIA is actively running covert ops inside Russia, which has included the killing of journalist and geopolitical commentator Daria Dugina, the daughter of Alexander Dugin. Just could pause right here for a moment. For those of you who are unaware of Alexander Dugin, you can actually zip back through um, I do have some podcasts where I mention him. I think I actually even named him in it. But in the podcasts at RadioFreeCatholic.com in the archive, you can zoom on back and find where we're talking about Russia. And at some point in there, I know I mentioned Alexander Dugan by name. Particularly because Alexander Dugan caught the attention of one Glenn Beck. Continuing from the article. Another conspiracy has been belatedly admitted, excuse me, another conspiracy theory has been belatedly admitted as conspiracy fact. The report stunningly documents, uh, <clears throat> actually, let me back up here real quick. The phrase conspiracy theory, by the way, is actually a CIA op. That is a PSYOP that had been promoted by the CIA since, I want to say, at least as far back as the 60s. So, anybody who calls you a conspiracy theorist is really just a CIA shell. Anyway, back to the article. The report stunningly documents this shadow war that, quote, the missions have involved elite teams of Ukrainian operatives drawn from directorates that were formed, trained, and equipped in close partnership with the CIA according to the current and former Ukrainian and U.S. officials. Since 2015, the CIA has spent tens of millions of dollars to transform Ukraine's Soviet-formed services, that would be their KGB Spetsnaz, into potent allies against Moscow, the officials said. Long after independent media had asserted the deep, years-long involvement of U.S. and Allied intelligence in creating the conditions for a major Russia-Ukraine war launched in February of 2022, and by those same indie media voices, or excuse me, and those same indie media voices were dismissed by the mainstream media for it, <clears throat> it seems unnamed U.S. officials are now openly boasting about assisting with 
brazen assassinations to the Washington Post. The clutter quote from the Washington Post, by the way, there's a link in the article at Zero Hedge. I highly recommend you go take a look at it uh, because there's a link in there also for Twitter that actually posts some of the documents so you can kind of collaborate all this. From the Washington Post, quote, The cluttered car carrying a mother and her 12-year-old daughter seemed barely worth the attention of Russian security officials as it approached a border checkpoint. But the least conspicuous piece of luggage, a luggage, a crate for a cat, was part of an elaborate lethal plot. Ukrainian operatives had installed a hidden compartment in the pet carrier, according to security officials, with knowledge of the operation. Now, here's the thing. This isn't according to the Russian security officials. This is according to the Ukrainian and American security officials, with knowledge of the operation. Anyway, back to the quote. And used it to conceal components of a bomb. Four weeks later, the device detonated just outside Moscow in an SUV being driven by the daughter of a Russian nationalist who had urged his country to, quote, kill, kill, kill Ukrainians, an explosion signaling that the heart of Russia would not be spared the carnage of war. So, in a targeted killing in Moscow designed as a terrorist attack. That's what that translates into. Four weeks later, the device detonated just outside Moscow in an SUV being driven by the daughter of a Russian nationalist. The Russian nationalist in question is Alexander Dugin. The daughter is Daria Dugina. <clears throat> Interesting, to say the least. Continuing the quote... The operation was orchestrated by Ukraine's domestic security service, the SBU, Sierra Bravo Uniform, according to officials who provided details, including the use of the pet crate, that have not been previously disclosed. That's all from the Washington Post. Continuing from Zero Hedge. At every turn in the very revealing WAPO piece, U.S. officials emphasized that covert CIA and allied intelligence operations aimed at Moscow have been a reality going back many years. Reality is in quotes, by the way. Quote, In reality, they represent capabilities that Ukraine spy agencies have developed over nearly a decade since Russia first seized Ukrainian territory in 2014, a period during which the services also forged Deep new bonds with the CIA, the report continues. Not only did U.S. intel officials tell the Post that the CIA has a significant presence in Ukraine, and particularly the capital, that is to say, Kiev, to this day, but the agency has provided Kiev with advanced surveillance systems and has even guided the formation of a new SBU. That would be the, uh, well, okay, so... SBU, which I believe in this case is the, in Ukrainian, would be something like the Security Bureau of Ukraine, um, called, quote, Fifth Directorate. Ukraine's military intelligence has also received significant support. GUR was our little baby. 
We gave them all new equipment and training, a former U.S. intelligence official told the Washington Post. Daria Daria Dugina's killing was one among dozens of high-profile killings and sabotage bombings carried out by Ukrainian intelligence with the help of U.S. counterparts, which has also included two large attacks on the Kerch Strait Bridge. For those of you who don't know what the Kerch Strait Bridge is, it's that long bridge that used to be the only way that Russia was able to access Crimea. However, as expected, the sources speaking to the Post tried to put some distance between the CIA and direct involvement in the assassinations. The officials claimed the CIA only served a support role or what amounts to bolstering those services' abilities to gather intelligence on a dangerous adversary. Of course, the Kremlin is not going to see things this way, nor would any country coming within the CIA's crosshairs. Now, a little while ago, I made mention of the fact that Prigozhin, the leader of the, uh, uh, the Wagner Group, he was killed. And everybody jumped to the conclusion that Vladimir Putin had done it. And I said at the time, if Prigozhin is in fact dead, because Prigozhin does actually have a past, well, a past history of faking his own death, and in particular in airplane incidents, if he is in fact dead, I do not believe that Vladimir Putin did. I wouldn't be surprised that he did, but I really wouldn't believe that he did. I'm more inclined to believe that Prigozhin was assassinated by the Central Intelligence Agency, assuming he wasn't yet again faking his own death. Now, admittedly, I don't know how many times you can fake your own death before, you know, before people start to get the play and then they're just like, meh. It's not him. Um, Or actually, how many times you can fake your own death or plan to fake your own death before it actually sticks. And let's be real. I mean, you know, there's... There... No outcome would be terribly surprising. If he turned out to have faked his own death and he's still alive, I wouldn't be surprised. If Vladimir Putin did actually kill him, and it was kind of a part of an intel false flag sort of operation, which, I gotta be honest with you, not outside the realm of possibility, Vladimir Putin is a lot more intelligent than people give him credit for. <clears throat> um, it wouldn't surprise me. It would... No, actually, I, it... It would impress me. It would not surprise me. Um, and... <laughs> Well, I honestly think that the CIA did kill him. Because here's the thing. That little six-hour rebellion. And this is the... When was the last time you saw a rebellion only last six hours before ending peacefully? Like, seriously, think about that for just a moment. When was the last time you saw something like that? It's like, oh, hey, we're going to do this. And then, oh, okay, cool. We met, we made terms. Like that was a pretty big deal. They were moving major units 
of the Wagner Group back into Moscow. This was a big deal. Like, there was a lot of stuff going on. Russia responded by barricading roads, destroying bridges, and, and, and eliminating the capacity for Wagner to actually make it all the way back to the capital, or trying to, anyway. Um, while simultaneously also not being the first, neither side wanted to be the first ones to shoot it at the other. And, and uh, Prigozhin even said himself, you know, the intent here is, is, is to achieve a particular objective. It is not to kill Russians. <clears throat> the thing is, and this, the thing is, I looked at that and something always felt off. It felt off when I was first reading about it. And I got to be perfectly honest with you. When I was first reading about it, I'm looking at it and I'm going, mm. like there was nothing about it that actually seemed to fit any of the plays that I would have typically anticipated making. And part of the reason is because I'm really not terribly Byzantine in my thought process when it comes to politics. I've always been like, if I were the, one of the reasons why I could never really make it that far in politics is because I am a battle axe or a warhammer. There's really not a whole lot subtle about me. Now, it's not to say I can't be surgical, but there's nothing subtle about the way I operate. I'm going to operate with surgical precision. I mean, you know, a rapier is not subtle, but it's precise. And I pretty much, that's about as fine-tuned as I get is rapier-type tactics. It's still very much in your face. You see it coming. It's going to happen. There's nothing that you can do to stop it. And part of that is a penchant that I have for directness. Because if you can beat someone who's very Byzantine in their thought processes with directness, then you can prove to them that all of your little plans, all the best laid plans of mice and men Afghan glaive. <clears throat> so precision matters, but yeah, no. In my plan of attack, I have a plan. Attack. That's basically it. <clears throat> now, <sighs> it didn't seem right that I would get a phone call, hey, did you hear about what's going on in Russia? And then as I was reading through the synopses of what happened in Russia, I was also getting indicators that it was over. It was over before I was even reading about it. And that's how fast it went. <clears throat> and that didn't sit well with me. And I figured, <clears throat> as I said to, to who I was talking to on the phone, it is either really, really good or really, really bad. Because at the time, the upfront ramifications, the first and second order effects were the only things I was really thinking about. And <clears throat> I had a few days to mull it over and somebody had, and I don't remember who made mention of it, but it was like, Hey, this actually looks like it was an inside job. Like Vladimir Putin and Prigozhin worked this out 
in order to shake the bushes and get all of the bad actors that they had in their various pyramids, like in, in their various hierarchies and their organizations, get those bad actors to expose themselves so that they could be eliminated. And in and among those bad actors would have absolutely been CIA operatives and Ukrainian spies. And that, based on what happened in the aftermath, because we spent like four or five days talking about it, but while the mainstream media was talking about this amazing thing that happened, and what does it mean, and blah, 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 and this big, wide distraction, I was digging into Russian news, and somewhere between the two, it was, a, it was pretty easy to see. It looked like that was planned all along. So a couple of weeks later, when Prigozhin was assassinated, supposedly, my first thought was, well, that's not surprising. You have to tie up the loose ends. And then it was like, well, who was doing the tying up? Would it be Vladimir Putin? Possibly. But if it was Vladimir Putin, then there was an actual bigger likelihood. <clears throat> and if it was Vladimir Putin who arranged to have that aircraft shot out of the sky, it's a very beautiful airplane, by the way. I work on that type of airplane, like in, in that same aircraft category. This is a very beautiful airplane. Um, but if Putin actually had the aircraft shot down, then Prigozhin was probably not on the plane. But if the CIA shot the plane down, then Prigozhin is probably dead. And that is where I'm sitting right now. Because it is not outside the realm of possibility that Vladimir Putin... Remember that Putin and Prigozhin have been friends since the 90s or 80s. I mean, these guys have been friends a very, very, very long time. So it's very unlikely that Putin would just throw him under the bus and kill him. So if Prigozhin is dead, I don't think Putin did it. I think the CIA did it. And now that we have the Washington Post coming out and saying, hey, we basically killed Daria Dugina, the daughter of Alexander Dugin, a Putin ally, political ally. I mean, he's a little bit of political trouble. But by and large, Alexander Dugan has been kind of the... Well, if... I'm going to use the parallel. If Putin is the Antichrist, then Alexander Dugan was the false prophet. And I'm going to go ahead and use that one because we don't have too terribly many parallels to draw from. So I'm not saying that Putin is the Antichrist, but if Putin were the Antichrist, then Alexander Dugin, relative to Vladimir Putin, would be the false prophet. Now, do I think that Putin is the Antichrist? No. No, not really. Not, not really. He may in his life be, you know, particularly in his personal life, largely be Antichrist, um, but I don't think he's the. Antichrist. So he would be small a Antichrist, 
not capital A Antichrist. And I got to be honest with you, I am unconvinced that he really fits the archetype even for a small A Antichrist. I'm not saying he's a good guy. I just don't think he's on that end of the spectrum. I think he's somewhere in the middle. Significantly shorter range, you know, from good to evil. I think he's closer on the scale to good than he is to the Antichrist. <clears throat> you know, he falls short in a lot of ways. There's not a whole lot going, like, from a spiritual standpoint, there's not a whole lot going on there. Yes. Oh, it's, it's the Russian Orthodox Church, and the Russian Orthodox Church has long been a tool of the KGB, and Putin's KGB, and yeah, yeah, okay. I don't think he's any more Antichrist than Benito Mussolini. Put it like that. Because I bet the buses and trains run on time in Russia. <laughs> <clears throat> The question that I think you really actually have to ask yourself, and this is really kind of the big deal. If you're going to put yourself against something, you really got to look at who your cohort is, who your fellows are in your cabal. Do you want to be in a cabal with Joe Biden? Do you want to be in a cabal with John Bolton or Tony Podesta or John Podesta, or Hillary Clinton, Nikki Haley? You want to be in that cabal? Do you want to be affiliated with that cabal? You want to be on that end of the spectrum? Or not? Because I know some of you are kind of doing the automatic one. I mean, the other end of the spectrum is actually the other end of the spectrum is to be the pro-Putin, pro Alexander Dugan, pro-Hamas, pro-Iran, whatever. And that's not true because it's not a dichotomy. This is a non... This is a, a multi-party, non-zero-sum game. Okay? A zero-sum game is you have... Basically, you have, two per, you have two parties. One has to win, the other one has to lose. That is... Even though American politics are built like that, because American politics are built like that, and reality is not like that, is why we have what we have. Where no matter who wins, you lose. So the Republicans win, you lose. The Democrats win, you lose. You don't get you don't get a country that actually supports life to the fullest. So you never get abortion to be banned. You you never get anything other than mealy-mouthed consideration about people who live quote unquote alternative lifestyles but in reality are, are more degenerate, are degenerate enough that throughout history, whenever God finally moves, what does he do? He erases them from the face of the earth. Pillars of ash and salt. And that's really kind of an important thing to keep in mind, that you're talking about allow, allowing a quote-unquote culture, a non an anti-culture, that God has multiple times justified turning into a pillar of ash and salt. That God actually used, if you if you if you read the mid, the midrash, the comment basically the commentaries on the Pentateuch. If you read the midrash, it says that God didn't finally wipe off of the earth until wicked marriages 
were proposed and, and executed and were being performed. Men with men and men with animals. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So is that what you want to be on the side of? It's funny because Putin's condemnation of America, particularly America's biggest export of transgender LGBT rainbow flag prideism, that was done to Russia by the Bolsheviks. by Lenin and Trotsky. That was done. They destroyed marriage. They destroyed the economy. They destroyed the concept of ownership. They destroyed pretty much everything. Lenin himself said repeatedly, I am here to destroy. <laughs> I think he actually literally wrote the words, <laughs> in his papers. You know, the way, the way you might on social media type it out, H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A. And Putin already saw what happened. Russia saw what happened. So it popped off like that under, under Lenin. Lenin basically broke the whole system. Stalin allowed it to carry on for a little bit. But by the time Nikita Khrushchev came along, 
the Soviet Union was more Victorian than Victorian England with its with its social mores and folkways. Because eventually, you just got to clean that out if you want your country to work. If you want it to function, if you want to be able to do all the other stuff that you want to do with your nation, then you have to actually get rid of that. Stalin and Khrushchev knew it. Hitler knew it. You don't even have to go far. They didn't even have to be claimed to be Catholic. They're just looking and going, hey, this is a problem. All right, let's get rid of it. So he's talking about reestablishing Christianity. And even if it is under the auspices of the KGB, honestly, is that not better than what we have running around our country right now? You know where there weren't pro-Palestine freaking craziness in the cities? You know which cities did not have that? Because they had it in the West. We had it here in America. We had it in England and in Canada. You know where we didn't have that? Moscow. Oh, but they can't do... I've got to be honest with you, I don't really care. If I'm a Russian citizen, that's good enough for me. You know who's not persecuting Christians? Russia. Ukraine is persecuting Christians. They're persecuting the Byzantine, the, the Byzantine Catholics or the Ukrainian Catholics. They're persecuting the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. They're persecuting anybody who's Russian Orthodox or any of the other of any of those. They're persecuting Christians in Ukraine. Russia's not. Now Russia's not particularly helpful, but they're not persecuting Christians. Nobody's being stopped from going to Holy Mass in Russia. Christians are dying in Palestine. Christians are being given a massively hard time. They're being persecuted in Israel. Christians are running. I mean, it's significantly milder than it is most of the rest of the world, but we are still suffering from way more resistance than we should be for an ostensibly Christian nation here in these United States. Turkey and Azerbaijan are in the process of exterminating Armenian Christians. Ironically, and this is the only thing I really don't get, Turkey and Azerbaijan are in the process of exterminating Armenian Christians. The Armenian Christians are receiving the support from Iran. Iran is allied with Russia. Do you understand how confusing this is? Do you see how weird this whole thing is? But do you know who doesn't give a rip about Christians in the Middle East? In Asia Minor? In Europe? 
in its own country, in North or South America, in Africa? If you answered these United States, you would be correct. We don't really care about the Christians in China. We don't really care about the Christians in Syria. We don't really care. We didn't care about the Christians that we helped the ISIS exterminate in Iraq. We're not really doing anything to protect Christians in Lebanon. There are no more Christians in Afghanistan because they still get put to the because you still get put to death for for turn, for converting to Christianity in Afghanistan. In India, Christians get rocks thrown at them. In China, you go to work with the Uyghur Muslims in the prison camps, excuse me, in the re-education centers. And what comes out of the United States? What do they talk about? We have to defend Israel, free Palestine. Okay, well, what about the Christians? Because you're worried about Islamophobia and you're worried about anti-Semitism, but who's worried about Christophobia? I mean, all of them are Christophobic. They're all anti-Christ. And this time I do mean they are all small a anti-Christ. I posted a tweet on Twitter the other day. You know, Christians are the only ones getting the short end of the stick. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. Christians are getting the short end of the stick. And what's, and what's coming out of Protestants? Oh, that's right, silence. Every ancient Christian community, the Copts, the Armenians, the Orthodox, Catholics, doesn't matter where you are, if you're any of those around the world, if you, if you were there with Christ as far back as the first century, oh, nah, bro. Nah, cuz. We don't really care about you. We're more worried about, we're more worried about Zion. We're more worried about Palestine. We're more worried about Islamophobia. We're all, we're more worried about gay stuff. Literally gay stuff. The LGBT butt sex stuff. The sodomizing children stuff. We don't want to look like haters with all that. We're not, we're definitely, we can't afford to stand for Christianity. Nah, player. Christ is going to have to sit in the back of the bus on this one. We got other things on our agenda. And it's because of that I say Protestants are not Christians. And I challenge any Protestant to change my mind with proof, with evidence. they actually follow the sacred scripture. Paul's admonishment not to treat other Christians unjustly. I have a feeling I'm going to wait for a very, very, very long time. Now, am I saying 
I support Russia? No, I am saying that I'm condemning the actions of these United of the government of these United States. I'm condemning the inaction and the silence of American so-called Christians. You want to cry to me about, oh, this, that, and the other happened. This, that, and the other happened in Israel. Yeah, I got it. They were brutal. They were murderous. They were horrifying. Their conduct was absolutely demonic. And it deserves a response. But Israel, they say it was by accident, just bombed a church full of Christians who took shelter there because they were trying to get away from having to deal with Hamas. Because they decided that it was better to stay there and offer prayers for peace. And because they were offering prayers for peace near a supposed high-value target that Israel just needed to bomb, Oops, sorry, we hit the church. By the way, in particular, I would ask that we offer up some prayers for Representative Justin Amash. He had a family member, I believe a cousin, a baby, an infant, killed in the bombing of that church. So I would ask that we offer some prayers for the dead. I don't know how many souls were in that church. Offer some prayers for the repose of their souls and offer some prayers for the comfort of the family of Justin Amash who were deeply and directly affected by the callousness of the Israeli Defense Force. And I'm going to go with callousness because I have not seen enough evidence. There's, like, the statement that they issued about the destruction of that church was insufficient to convince me of the fact that they were actually being careful when they were targeting this guy because they even said they were targeting a dude and so they blew up a building. So for the callousness of this attack, we need to offer some reparation. And I can't think of a better way to do it than to offer up prayers, because we are coming up into November, and November is the month where we spend time praying for the souls in purgatory. If any of those martyrs are in purgatory, because they didn't you can't really say they died directly for their beliefs, but they did die because of their beliefs. They took shelter in a church and offered up prayers for peace and were killed. So I personally believe that they're martyrs. And maybe we'll get some miracles to confirm that and be great. I Honestly, I think that would be fantastic. 
But in the meantime, pray for the repose of the souls who were lost in that. In, in that. And the souls of the some 5,000, because we don't actually have accurate counts of how many of these people are really Hezbollah, or excuse me, how many of these people are actually Hamas and how many of them are innocent. Let's pray for the, the repose of the souls of the 5,000 some odd people who were killed by the IDF. And I hope you've been good Catholics and prayed for the repose of the souls who were killed in the initial Hamas attack. If not, it's November. We have time to pray for both. The 1,200 and the 5,000. And maybe ask for, you know, some, some advice from Our Lady under, under the auspice of her title Mother of Sorrows for some clarity as to whether or not killing 5,000 people many of whom were innocent including an entire church full of people including the little baby that they pulled out of the rubble And if you want confirmation, you can actually go to Justin Amash's uh, Twitter feed. It's in his timeline. Um, he posted the picture. It is. It is. It should be muted when you go to see it. But when you see it, it's definitely heartbreaking. Now is a perfect time for penance, penance, penance. We're going to lose a lot of people over these next few months. And take the time out in this next month to really get the prayers in for as many people as possible. Well, those people weren't converts. Well, you know, pray for them anyway and God will play, apply the graces where he sees fit. And while he's applying those graces, he will pour out his grace upon you. Because that's what it means to be Catholic. Let's do the right thing. Do the charitable thing. Pray for the dead and pray for the families. Pray for their conversion. There are Palestinian Christians and they're pretty much about to be wiped off the map. So maybe we pray for the conversion of some new Palestinian Christians to take the material place on earth for the ones who are being exterminated right now. Not deliberately, so they say, but exterminated nonetheless. And remember, in wars between demons, there don't actually have to be any good guys. And believe it or not, this is what democracy looks like. <clears throat> I could show you the pattern through history. Or you can just go back and draw it yourself. I've actually talked about the history of the last 150, 200 years and how it's come to pass and the evils that each of these nations that has decided to throw off the, the quote-unquote yoke of monarchy, how, how bad they've truly become. 
and it's all supposed democracies. I mean, Hamas was elected by the Palestinians. Israel is ostensibly a democracy. America is basically a democracy. Europe is basically a democracy. Russia is at least on the surface. Of them. I mean, we accuse them for having crappy elections and all that, but I mean, they're still basically a democracy. Ukraine is a democracy. There's not any, there are no good guys. And if you get an opportunity, swing on over to Parrot Talk and check out if, uh, you know, to become a member of Crusade Channel, you get a premium mem- a member and check out Parrot Talk because Mike from Restoring the Faith over there well, he makes mention of a document on the on the on the podcast from the twenty fourth of this month. It's not a bad idea. Swing on over and support Catholic Radio, live talk radio. Anyway, Covering all this news is actually largely depressing. And it's largely depressing because while I know you all are listening, the one I really hope is listening and actually can hear us is God. That's why I open this every single episode. Exurgat Deus, et dissipentur inimici eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Et fugian quio deum. And let all those who hate him flee from before his face. Exurgat Deus, et dissipentur inimici eius. Et fugiant eium. Ah, wow. For some reason, I can't even remember the thing I opened up my own freaking podcast with. Let all those who hate him flee from before his face. Arise, O Lord. Arise. Hear the cry of your people. How long, O Lord, will you withhold your justice? Be merciful to your people, O Lord. And may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. And for everybody else, requiem eternum dona eis domine, lux perpetua luciat, requiescat in pace. Ah. Unless this time be shortened, Anyway, pray for the church, pray for the nation, pray for all of these people.
put in some extra rosaries this upcoming month for the, for the departed. Maybe we can do some of that handy-dandy time-traveling type prayer where we can put out, pour out enough graces to save some of these people who are being killed in this pointless conflict, both in Ukraine and in the Levant. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.